0: in the morning. We
1: Welcome B-Movie fans to this week's episode of Director Showcase. I'm B-Movie Paul.
0: And I'm Phantom Dark Dave.
1: Since we have now entered a new month, it means that we will be selecting a new director whose movies we will be reviewing all month. So for the month of April 2017, we have selected director Todd Browning. And what better way to kick off this month than with Todd Browning's classic horror film dracula so let's get this thing started dave what did you think of dracula
0: so i love Bela lugosi he is dracula i uh in, in fact in a lot of movies he's dracula but in this one in particular he's he's definitely dracula um i like this movie it has some great things about it but there was some also not so great things about it
1: yeah it's kind of a mixed bag it's like you gotta look at it for the time period it was very i could definitely see what, how this is really big back then and it definitely certain parts of it definitely stand out but man it's it it's definitely aged and it, it definitely shows its age to say the least yeah
0: i mean it, it's um it's a classic right it, it's gonna it goes down in history as being probably the, the most infamous vampire movie of all time, as it should be. Uh, a lot of people aren't too familiar with Nosferatu, you know, the silent film stuff, even though it was first. Um, but as we get into this episode, I think people are going to sense why I'm a little biased against it. And uh, But we'll, we'll get into that. So as I, as I do most of these, when I usually start out, I like to talk about the intro and uh, I like I like how old school the intro is. You know, it's got the um, the title card up on the black and white. You know, the gray screen there. You got the little music playing. It's uh, Act Two of a uh, Swan Lake. You know, it's beautiful. It's very intriguing. I love it. And uh, I love the way it opens up. You know, you get to see inside the castle, and you know, you got the coffins and the possums and the armadillos. And you know, I'm from Texas, so armadillos are a big thing. And uh, you know, they're just crawling around there. Then you get the hands and you know, I just, uh, I think Bela Lugosi, he is a perfect vampire.
1: Definitely. Yeah, he was, he was definitely, like, perfect casting for that. And what's funny is, like, after watching this film, I can definitely see where other vampires in other shows were basically based off of Bela Lugosi. Like, not only just the voice, but, like, the way his his face is shaped and things like that. Like, you can even see it with, like, the count from... um from sesame street like with the way his faces faces and um obviously the the transylvanian voice it's uh very um reminiscent of the of the bell Lugosi dracula
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i remember having to watch that with my kids when they were younger and uh he's like ah 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 And who knows, maybe he, he also has something to do with the uh, Count Chocula cereal, too. You know, it's Bella Lugosi on the box, right? I like to think that, yeah. But, uh, you know, and I like to look at this movie in two ways. I like to separate the movie and then Bella Lugosi. And then I think I have much more appreciation for it in that aspect. Because, you know, I read a lot. I did a lot of research for this. And I was really amazed about some of the things I found out about Bella Lugosi himself. Um I'll go ahead and get into it. The reason that I'm like, eh, about the whole thing is I'll, I, the movie is great. Bella Lugosi is a great actor, but it wasn't supposed to be Bella Lugosi. And I'll forever, and you know this, and everybody who knows me knows this, It that was supposed to be Lon Chaney, and that would have been the best movie in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, Lon Chaney is like the horror icon, basically, especially for that time period.
0: Yeah, and you know... Um, Todd Browning and Lon Chaney had such a connection. They were they were partners, but they were mm-hmm. not that kind of partner. They were business partners, Part and it, right. But and they were just really good friends. And you know, I, I had done a lot of research that was talking about you know Todd Browning. He was losing it because um, this came out in 1931. Lon Chaney passed in like 1930. I mean, it's just right after having to recast, and he was you know. Todd Browning was an alcoholic, he was struggling with his best friend's death, you know, and now he has to fill the shoes. And again, gosi he played Dracula in the play, so it's not like he didn't know what he was doing, and he did a, a great job. But it makes you wonder what could have been.
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Um, you know, one thing I did find interesting is one thing that everybody knows about vampires is fangs, but in this movie there are no fangs.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. I was, I kept looking at looking at the characters that were either vampires or got turned into vampires, I'm like, you know, their teeth look normal. Did they just, I'm like, no, it's not that they forgot about it because this is, what in, this is the um, first, well, one of the first vampire films. So, like, I guess it didn't originate with that.
0: Yeah, thank God they didn't sparkle, right? Oh, God. But um, another thing that was really great about Bella ghosty, that guy can hold a stare without blinking... I would not want to have a staring contest with him. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah.
1: last long in that one.
0: I mean, he he was, you know, when the camera would kind of zoom in towards him, like he was hypnotizing, and yeah, literally.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was one thing that was interesting about that he did really well. Like even when he's just like approaching people with his hand out and everything, he was he was pretty intimidating. Like it's that glare he's got. Like, the yeah. Goosey stare. Yeah, no
0: kidding, and it looks great on the posters, too, of of almost every movie he's in, he's doing that stare. But, uh, you know, talking about Bella, the guy had tremendous dedication to the role. Um, I know they talked about in that time period, it was like the Great Depression or whatnot, and um, for him to take a huge pay cut. Just to get the, you know, just to secure his role. Like, how can you say no to somebody that can do a great job, and he's not asking for a fortune? Just because that role means everything to him. But deep down, you wonder, like, what if Bella Lugosi really is a vampire? So yeah, in a way, he's only making seven hundred a week. But at the same time, he's like, ha! I'm not even acting, you fool, and you're paying me seven hundred a week. <laughs>
1: it's the perfect um disguise pretending it he's is. a vampire so no one will suspect that he's actually a vampire
0: um, yeah and you know in anybody who knows anything about kind of the history of Bela Lugosi is that uh, he, he held on to that role forever I mean they say it's called a different movie but it may be Dracula part 2, 3, 4, 5 in his head and um, yeah when he had passed he was even buried with the cape
1: Oh, wow, that's that's pretty awesome.
0: That was like his deal, yeah. When he passed away, he was buried with the cape he used in the 1931 Dracula. And that is so cool. I mean, that, that, just, that does say dedication, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> but um, another thing is the cinematographer in this movie did a fantastic job maneuvering through that castle and those cobwebs and everything. I mean, uh, the way he follows Bella around in there, it, it's creepy. It, it, the camera is pretty smooth flowing. And um, I know his name is Carl. I, I think his last name gets butchered. I think it's like – I can spell it, but it's like friend or Fruit. It's F-R-E-U-N-D, Fruind.
1: I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it because I know i butchery. it.
0: Well, we're, we're personal friends. I'm going to call him Carl. So um, – yeah, you know, Todd Browning, he's, he struggled so much that a lot of times he wouldn't even show up. And so Carl, the cinematographer, would take over as an uncredited director for this movie. And it's so funny because I'm like, that's really cool. What else has he done? Oh, he directed the Boris Karloff the Mummy. <laughs> oh, so the guy's definitely got talent.
1: Yeah, he's like almost as um, very well known in the universal um, monster films, like classic monsters. Oh, yeah
0: absolutely and um the uh, the girl in this movie um mina harker you know the the daughter yeah. uh, they actually considered betty davis for that role and uh that's so weird because betty davis has this certain look some people say it's like a sex appeal i i don't agree she's a pretty girl but it, it's not that but you know like in this movie if you look at dracula's his three wives you know they have like they're like Painted white they wear white gowns. They almost look like ghosts right like Betty Davis looks like that anyway, so it's kind of (laughs) funny But um, yeah, they end up not casting her because they were afraid that she was too much of a kind of like a a Sex appeal or or an icon and it would take away from the movie
1: makes sense
0: but um, One thing that uh, that I I like a little tidbit kind of note is um, you know they're in the castle, right? And then, um, they, uh, what's it called? The solicitor guy shows up and then they have to take the boat over to, uh, England, right? And then they go to that, um, that Paris opera house or whatnot. I think they call it the, um, the Royal Albert Hall is what it is. Did you know that's the same stage as the 1925 Phantom of the Opera?
1: I did not. That's really cool. Oh,
0: man. Just just hearing that, knowing that, it just made this movie get more awesome.
1: <laughs> Sounds like, yeah, that Yeah, that is really cool. Um, it's another great film.
0: It is, you know. It just shows you, like, I mean, that was an amazing set. And after they had done the 31 Dracula, they recycled that set at Universal Studios for quite some time. I mean, tons of monster movies were made, you know, just using different angles in those castles there.
1: Yeah, it's like YM. Why change it if it's working?
0: Um, I know that uh, in the time when this came out, it was said that it was the like sixth most popular movie in the United States box office in 1931, and I'm surprised because I thought it would have been a lot better than that. I mean, not, don't get me wrong, six is not bad, but you think of this is Dracula, what yeah, could have beat it? If then what uh, Frankenstein did. Yeah. <laughs>
1: The first one is a great film. So.
0: It is, and um, I I love the Universal monster classics. They're all so much fun, so entertaining, so clever. You know, um, but you know, you take you know the Bram Stoker novel, adapt it into a, a film, and put Bela Lugosi in it, and you got Dracula. And um, it, it is good, but uh, I I wonder. You know, this This is long before. You know, there is no Dracula untold. This is not Dracula 2000. You know, this is 1930s. Like, this was the first Dracula. You know what I mean? Because even in Nosferatu, you know, there was no, like, Dracula, Dracula, you know. But, um, you know, they had only been doing sound pictures for a few years anyway. So this was pretty groundbreaking. That's why there wasn't much um, music in this movie, too, is because... At that time audiences didn't accept it they thought why would you play music in the background if nothing's really going on like that doesn't make sense and that's why you get some music in the beginning but then a lot of scenes it's just kind of eerie it's quiet
1: it's weird how things have changed with that so much now if we see a scene without music in the background it's considered weird
0: yeah it's like is this a dream sequence or what's going on here but uh, I was impressed that you know for as old as a movie it is it had a $355,000 budget. That's huge for that time.
1: Yeah, that's, that's impressive to say the least.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure the 1970 Halloween was filmed on an even lesser budget than that. And that was years after, you know? But I guess when you got Universal Studios, you can find some financing.
1: Yeah, pretty top-notch there.
0: Did you have any favorite... Uh, Favorite one-liners or quotes from this movie? Anything stand out to you? Uh,
1: well, in general, like I thought it was—it's so weird watching it now because everyone knows Dracula. It's such an such a household name. Because seeing Bella the Ghosty at the time, like saying, "I am Count Dracula," and just that was the first time it was like that—that that was uttered on screen—is just so weird because it's like nowadays if you hear that it'd be so ridiculous but at that point it's like huh that, this is an actual count like you know and his name is Dracula you know son of Drac that's that's cool it's like,
0: it, it's are, are you to- saying his name is not Dr.
1: Acula <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the um, unofficial sequel <laughs>
0: right um, did I'm trying to remember did did they even show, like, bite marks on the neck? They didn't, right?
1: They mentioned them. I think they might have shown it, like, once, but I didn't really see them, actually.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I think they just kind of, you know, he, he used that cape to cover a lot of stuff whenever he... I'm doing the notion, like, everybody can see me. He's got the cape right here. But, um, yeah, I, I'm kind of biased with Bella, too, because even though he's a great Dracula... I liked him even better in White Zombie. I
1: but see that's that one, but I heard it was really good.
0: Oh my God. We uh we need to figure out who directed it and you line up another director showcase just so you can review that movie because he's still Dracula, but he's kinda already got his taste for it and he's kinda even better. <laughs> nice. But uh, I think this movie does suffer from something that you just said. It it doesn't hold up in the sense of that that sounds kind of corny because that's like the most stationary thing Dracula would say is I'm Dracula. I want to suck your blood. Like, you know, blah, 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 you know, like an Adam Sandler, you know, Transylvania thing. But, um, uh, I think for me though, it, it all boils down to the part where he's like, you know, listen to them, the children of the night, what music they make, you know, cause the, the wolves are howling at midnight. Everybody's freaking out. And he's like, isn't it beautiful? You know, I'm like, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, he pulled that off really well, too. Like, um, yeah, Bill Lugosi was quite an actor. He was, um, pretty amazing. And I gotta say, like, wearing that cape and walking, like, just downtown, it, like, only he could pull that off and not look weird. Like, he, even, like, now, I feel like he could have pulled that off dressed in a cape and a top hat and all that. So, I'd be like, well,. Yeah, that's weird, but, you know, he kind of looks cool doing it, so I'm not going to say anything.
0: Yeah, because, honestly, man, um, if he was to put on, like, a t-shirt and jeans, I'd be like, you look weird, dude. Go put your cape on.
1: (laughs) What are you doing?
0: (laughs) Right. Of course, I think in the 30s, like, uh, everybody still was dressing really nice, even when they weren't doing something, you know?
1: Yeah, I think, like, the cape and, like, the, um... Everything else was very proper, so it, like, showed that he was uh, kind of a, a royalty.
0: Yeah, I kind of miss that, like, the whole top hat and cane when they're walking, you know, just that sophisticated gentleman look, which we, we've talked about before, but could you imagine what society would be like if it just reverted back to that?
1: That'd be amazing. Like, oh, I'll it would my be. Top hat.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I can't, I can't leave the house, right? Oh, man, it... That would be so much fun, just just for like w- like one night a year. Like it has to be like nobody's allowed out unless they're dressed nice, you know, like a curfew thing. It'd be so awesome, but that that's my problem. I'm 32 years old, but I act like I'm you know <laughs> stuck in this time period. But man, I just I, I I'm so envious of it, you know.
1: Yeah, it would definitely be a cool time to, use to like walk around and see like just live an average day like during that time period. It'd be interesting, to say the least. Yeah,
0: definitely like You know, I'm not wishing I was born back then. Um, but it, you know, because we already know what we have now, so to like go, okay, there's there's nothing anymore, you know, you'd be so without, but to visit, that would be so cool. Until
1: time machines are invented. I'm telling you, man,
0: I'd go kick it with Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> i be mean, so much fun. But um so you know we talked the scenery is great, Bella is awesome, totally believable, Count Dracula, right? Is there anything else notable that you loved about this movie?
1: I had to say the um the plastic bats on strings were ridiculous.
0: Oh, the bats, right? Was- like whenever they're in the stagecoach, you know, and he looks out and there's no, you know, nobody driving the thing. It's just some bats flying over and you see a little flapping.
1: <laughs> oh, man, that was, that was terrifying, wasn't it? It's like, no, no it wasn't at all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but this definitely isn't a bashed Dracula film. We I respect it. You respect it. It, it is a great movie. Um, but I'll be curious to see where this ends up on our Todd Browning list, personally.
1: Oh, yeah, most Definitely. I guess I have to say um, a couple things with this that I thought were kind of weird. Um, Dracula's like henchman uh, Renfield, who's basically his Igor of the film. Um, he really didn't do anything through the film. I mean, I guess he watched his coffin when he was on the boat, but for the most part, he just sh- he was in a mental institution for most of it, and he just breaks out just to show up and be like, and just to look weird. It's like, hey, here I am. It's like, what are, what are you? Why are you even here? Like. Who are you? Yeah, go him. back to
0: eating spiders and bugs.
1: Yeah, that was, He wasn't as cool as um, as Dr. Frankenstein's um henchman who, uh, well, in 1931 it wasn't Igor, it was uh, Fritz or something like that. Like um, I don't know where the term Igor came from, like, but because it was later installments of the um Frankenstein stuff, but um, yeah, I'd say Frankenstein's um henchman is definitely better. And he didn't have to kill him. So,
0: at any point in time when watching this movie, did you think of Dracula dead and loving it?
1: Um, yeah, a couple times.
0: <laughs> I think Leslie Nielsen was the second best Dracula.
1: <laughs> I can't argue that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny, man!
1: Another great. But, um, to see which I
0: might, I, I might get host for that because I forgot. A lot of people really love the '90s Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman.
1: I actually never saw that one, so I, I can't compare it to anything.
0: It's A lot of people really like it, and it's definitely um, watchable. It's definitely enjoyable. If you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. It's not a waste of time. Excuse me. But um, it kind of has that more epic feel to it than horror aspect feel to it. Um, I would put it in the same running as, like, interview with the vampire you know how that was like the story of it but then it was so much more you know i kind of put it with that and you you know when you watch it you'll see why but i mean it's got keanu reeves in it that's cool right
1: there you go can't go wrong with that
0: rufus but
1: all i gotta say is um the other thing that i thought was interesting was um dr von helsing i loved that character he was hilarious it's played by um what was his name um, Edward v- van Sloan which is great because they both both him and the character play he was playing um, had the middle name of Vaughn so van Vaughn whatever so he was perfectly casted for that I love the fact that he's just um he sees the two marks on um, Mina's neck and he just goes well the only explanation was that she was bit by a vampire and that count Count Dracula is a vampire it's like wow you put that together really fast doc <laughs>
0: He's like, yes, it was in the script.
1: (laughs) I read ahead in the script, it's all good.
0: You know, man, I'm considering changing my middle name to Vaughn. That is a cool name.
1: Definitely, like, it's just Vaughn anything just sounds awesome. Especially when you have a last name like Helsing. Dude,
0: if my middle name was Vaughn, my initials would be DVD. How cool is that? (laughs) It's happening.
1: Yeah, but I just thought that was great. He's just like, I know exactly what's going on, and I know exactly how
0: to solve it. And <laughs> I I'm going to use was... my context clues to figure this out.
1: And <laughs> it was completely underwhelming when they finally, um, spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know the story of Dracula, when they finally um, get to his coffin, and he's just laying there, not doing anything. Is all right, get me something to hammer up so I can hammer the stake into his, his heart. Then he just does it off screen. <laughs> But yeah it was so underwhelming
0: people couldn't handle that they didn't want to see that in the 30s
1: yeah so overall uh oh do you have anything um, else to say about the film or
0: uh no i mean i, I hate to sound so e on, on a classic movie but uh yeah I'm, i'll go ahead and rate it you go ahead and start
1: all right i gave it an 8 out of 10
0: Okay, I think I am going to get my butt kicked, and I'm going to do 7 out of 10.
1: Not too bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a great film, and as far as vampire films go, I think I don't think it's really been rivaled. I mean, different vampire films have done different things with it, but this one really set up so many, um, I mean, obviously the book as well, but so many different qualities of vampires that have stayed with it. They have, I mean, they'll deviate from certain things, like sometimes they'll have super speed and things, and sometimes they'll sparkle and other stupid shit. That stuff never sticks, but this one really kind of invented the basically what vampires are, and I think that was really cool. Plus, like we said, Bela Lugosi is just such a cultural icon, and him as Dracula is just, um, it was just a match made in heaven. Like, some of the things in it were kind of, kind of silly, especially today, like the bats that that was really goofy but you know i think the story still holds up and as far as classics go this one is definitely a must-see
0: yeah i'm right there with you but you know what i'll take bats on strings over cgi bats any day
1: oh definitely like it would have looked um yeah it kind of makes you appreciate the um plastic uh, bats on strings when you see crappy cgi ones like it's like a blood like i'd rather see like um chocolate syrup than um CGI blood any day.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. So th- that's pretty much it with that. It's uh, I'll defend it at my seven. I'll try not to let it slide to a six. <laughs> but um, I love Bella Lugosi, even though it should have been Lon Chaney.
1: R.I.P. Lon Chaney and Bella Lugosi. That and Todd Browning. Ah, now it's all sad.
0: Yeah, th- that would be an awesome dinner party, though.
1: Special guest, Alfred Hitchcock.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. And his many cameos. Indeed.
1: He makes a cameo at dinner. At dinner,
0: Right. That's all he does.
1: Alright, so that concludes our review of Dracula. An 8 out of 10 for me and a 7 out of 10 for Dave. So, Dave, what film should we buy? Um, Todd Browning should we watch next week?
0: Next week, we should do a review on the Devil Doll. Ooh,
1: that sounds fun. Alright, so next tune in next week for our review of Devil Doll as Todd Browning Month continues. Until next time, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. <laughs>